Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. I want to talk about uh, today really the, the preaching and teaching aspect and considering your audience. When I was in the preaching school, uh, we were told over and over, don't underestimate the ignorance of your brethren. And um, never was to, to be said in any kind of mocking way, uh, but, but a way to consider. Uh, and two, when you, when you think about preaching and teaching, a lot of, a lot of preaching uh, I have heard through the years has been topical, that they'll take a, a topic of the Bible and preach it topically. Uh, and treat the Bible more of maybe a reference book uh, like the old Rolodex and just uh, just pluck out the verses that proof text your sermon and just makes it easy peasy. Uh, and I'm not saying that there's necessarily something wrong with that or there's a uh, there's a um, there's something wrong with um, you know with knowing the scriptures and knowing uh, why you know what you know. Um, please don't hear that. But if that's all the type of preaching that we do, we leave people a little. Um, a little short-sighted. Uh, as you know, uh, I believe truly uh, expositional preaching is is, is truly um, more full. Um, you know, it's uh, it, might, it may make your brethren nervous when you preach expositionally, and that's not necessarily just saying that you have one text. You can have one or two or three, even three texts, but you, you expose the meaning of the text. Whereas if you um, you know, preach on baptism, you've got a few verses that you know that you can prove text, but let's just say that you get into Colossians 2 or, or Romans 6 and you, you make an exposition. You expose and unfold the meaning of what's there. Uh, it carries more weight than just one or two verses that people keep um, tucked away in their spiritual pouch to give to their uh, religious friends. <clears throat> but I want to um, consider teaching um, and preaching uh, verse by verse through whole books of the Bible uh, rather than topically. I've done this with Romans. I've done this with uh, Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. I've done this with Hebrews. Um, and these, I've got, I got more compliments and more thoughts and, and, and you, you allow the brethren to discovery learn uh, what's in there. I just finished, uh, here this is 2021, and I started in January preaching through the book of Matthew. And um, I think I wrapped it up um, first of September. And so you're looking at, you know, solid eight, maybe it was even the middle of September, uh, eight and a half, nine months, where uh, the brethren know what we're coming to eat. Um, and we're walking through Matthew with the Lord. And, and why did Matthew write it the way that he did? But as I said, let's consider uh, preaching and teaching verse by verse through whole books of the Bible. And, and maybe if it's, it's teaching, that's fine. Um, preaching and teaching are, are different. You can, you can teach while you preach, uh, that's for sure. But, but, but Acts 20 and verse 27, Paul made a statement. He said, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So seeing how vital the Word is to God's people, uh, as we talked about last episode, there, there are a few reasons that I want to encourage you uh, as a preacher and a teacher uh, to consider teaching and preaching verse by verse through entire books of the Bible rather than just simply topical preaching. Um, and Like I said, it's not saying that topical is bad, but there are times I think topical messages are, are, are perfect, perfectly appropriate and, and maybe even be preferred. 
topical messages can provide variety. They can give people a better understanding of a particular subject. Uh, they allow us to deal, you know, with major biblical themes or, or doctrines and, you know, ethical teachings in a, in a very in-depth way. And having said that, but I do believe that verse-by-verse -verse teaching should make up the bulk of our teaching. And, and here's, here's why. Number one, verse-by-verse -verse teaching will save you time. Trying to decide upon a text and topic to teach on once or twice a week is not necessarily an easy task. Most teachers find this quite difficult, um, or, or preachers. There are half a dozen questions that are spinning around in the minds of the teachers who, te who teach topically. You know, what haven't I taught on lately? Uh, what does the congregation need to hear? And if you're good and wise, you allow the pastors of the church to feed through you, uh, the teacher. Um, it's their job, it's their oversight to point me in to, to pastor and shepherd and to teach and to feed the church. And they're doing that through you. And so it may be behoove you to ask the elders and the shepherds, what, what, what does the church need to hear? Um, maybe ask questions like, you know, didn't I just teach on something like that a few months ago? Or um, what's happened in the news lately that, that I might can address? Um, and, and this is just in regards to teaching. Um, and preaching. I mean, you can preach topics, there's no doubt. You can preach, um, you know, current issues uh, and give people uh, wisdom and oversight in how to operate and, you know, some pastoral care. Your shepherds can, you know, teach the church how to operate in the current world. Um, but maybe when you're preaching and teaching, you may be asking the question, who's going to be there on Sunday? Um, is the man who struggles with this going to be in the class? Or the lady who struggles with this be in the class? And how do I, how do I want to gently say it? How do I want to uh, rebuke or admonish or whatever it may be? Uh, or, or maybe, uh, maybe a visitor. How, how can I say this? Or what do I need to teach that will help visitors? Uh, so a lot goes into you know teaching and preaching, and it will save you time if you just teach topical. You don't, you don't pick the topics. Uh, rather, it, it, if you just preach verse by verse, you don't pick the topics um, if you preach through a book or teach through a book. The Holy Spirit has has already done that for you. And so if somebody comes up and says, you know what you're doing, you know you talked about this, and you know i got this going on, you're like, mm, no, I had no clue. <laughs> um, but the Lord does, and uh, you can consider it providence that we're talking about this situation because you may need to hear it. Um, but uh, but you don't pick the topics. You you don't get the blame for for the topics. Um, you know, because some people will say you preached and taught on that just just because I'm here. And so for the person who teaches verse by verse, there is really only one question: Where did I leave off last week? <laughs> and uh, and I don't know about you. Sometimes it's good to to review if the last chapter, or the last few verses were heavy and weighty or you need to make some comments on the ones that you just taught, then, then feel free to do that. But, but don't take 10 or 15 minutes to review where you've been. Uh, unless there's people in the crowd, most of the folks in the crowd don't know where you are, sure. But, uh, but just pick up where you left off and, and keep running. Um, it, so once the question is answered, where did I leave off last week, you, you can get right to studying, right to preparing, uh, seeing how busy most of us as preachers and teachers are today. I can... I can guarantee you, you see how beneficial this is. The second reason is teaching verse by verse will, will prove beneficial, maybe more beneficial uh, to you spiritually. The person who teaches topically is more likely to avoid passages and topics that, that he um, 
or if you're a lady and teaching a ladies class, something you may struggle with. You know, if if we struggle, um, let's say with a short temper, uh, it's likely that that we're going to avoid you know teaching a topic over anger. Um, you know, we may we may steer clear of James one uh, nineteen. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Um, that's 19 and 20. Um, but, but yet, it, this might be the very topic in Scripture that would be most beneficial for you to teach. Anger is an area God surely wants to work out of our lives. Uh, unjust anger. Now, it is a good thing when we see something done unjustly and we feel anger. It is a good thing where we see something done in sin and we feel anger because God does. I think that's a natural um, that's a natural position that we have when we see things go unjustly. It's a characteristic of God. The unjust should be punished. But as I said, you know, topic topics such as anger or anything else, it may be exactly what you need to teach and preach on. Um, so by 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 teaching topically, the teacher has the final say as to what he'll study and what he'll teach, and the person who teaches verse by verse has no choice. If his last um, Teaching in, ended at James 1.18. Uh, this week he's going to be reading and studying and praying about God's will to you know regarding anger and his or her personal anger. So number three, teaching verse by verse will prove more beneficial not just to you but also to your listeners. One of the huge advantages, rather disadvantages, for people who sit under topical preaching every week is that they may never hear what God's Word has to say about controversial topics. Some, some teachers may, may avoid uh, issues like homosexuality or death or hell or repentance or sin or, or purity, sexual purity or, or, or giving. Um, people who sit under topical preaching may never hear what God's Word has to say about uh, the difficult passages, things that are tough to interpret. Uh, the teacher may be uh, undereducated and, and, and not know and just, just avoid uh, you know, something as beautiful as Revelation or Isaiah or, or one of the prophets or or Romans even or Galatians. Um, so people who sit under topical preaching, they may never hear what God's Word has to say about deep theological thoughts and truths uh, that are so beneficial. Um, you know, justification, sanctification, um, you know, the differences between those two things. So preachers, teachers, elders, whoever, if they avoid these issues and passages of Scripture, you know, like this, they're really, uh, they're really doing God's people a major disservice. They're really crippling God's people. So let's ask the question, why do some teachers avoid, you know, topics in Scriptures like this? And there's a variety of reasons, of course, but I think it's safe to say that in some cases it is a fear of offending people and perhaps, you know, losing some of their congregation. And so I want to encourage you not to let fear be, be I guess, um, don't, don't let fear become a man, a man of, uh, you know, a snare, um, Proverbs 29, 25, or, or don't let fear dictate what you teach. I love what Paul told the, the elders in Ephesus, Acts 20 and 27, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. You and I would do well uh, to follow in the footsteps of Paul. Preachers who are overly concerned about offending people and losing congregants, um, ironically, end up losing some of those people anyway. Um, 
maybe not those people, but they do, they will lose and lose, and people will lose faith in them uh, who are the mature believers. Now you ask, well, why is that? Because as believers being to mature in their faith, many of them realize <laughs> all I'm getting every week at this at this place and from this person is milk, and they leave. We we underfeed them, and um, and don't be don't be surprised if let's just say decades pass of just this milk teaching, this milk uh, easily drank um, produce. Don't be surprised when when wolves come in and tear your place apart because your people are biblically ignorant and you're the one to blame for it. Many people will, many of of brethren will settle down at churches that, that are committed to teaching in a more in-depth expository fashion because they want more. They, they're ready for meat. They're ready for steak. That's a natural process. Uh, Paul, when he when he talked to the Corinthian church, who was slap full of every miraculous gift, uh, he wanted to talk to them like brethren. But he says, "It's it's it's I can't. You're 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 unable. You, you it's 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 milk. You know you need to be eating meat, but you're still on milk. So not only those reasons, but but number four, teaching verse by verse will help." Um, disarm your critics uh, and rest assured you step out in public speaking and you're going to have critics when you work your way through a portion of scripture that deals with a controversial topic your listeners will be tempted to think yes you have a hidden a hidden agenda as we've mentioned before that you're just trying to talk about one of their of your favorite subjects and this will too get you away from your hobby horse text if you have a, a hobby horse mentality or an impulsive mentality that you want to immediately go to this or this or this or this uh, that has no idea or no bearing whatsoever on the on the text that you're actually going through, teaching or preaching. It's like the fellow who preached on baptism every Sunday, and, and after about six or seven weeks, the elders came to him and they said, Brother, <laughs> listen, you're, you're talking to an older church full of older members, and we all know about baptism. Let's move on. Let's get in depth. And he said, Fine. He said, I'll begin in Genesis next week. And they said, Well, that's fine. That's, you know, he's, he's far enough away from uh, from baptism there. And so he's preaching through Genesis. And uh, he gets through. Uh, he gets to to, to Moses, and uh, or Noah rather, and he says, "Which brings me to my point of baptism." And so, uh, some teachers are, are hobby horse folks. Some brethren are. Um, so for for those reasons, I want to seriously encourage you to consider teaching verse by verse. Uh, it most of your brethren will appreciate that. The ones who don't are the ones who don't like that you're not up there with whistles and bells and um, tings and dings and uh, the latest aesthetically pleasing book that they can hold in their hand. So I, want to I wanted to talk about that, but the second thing I want to move into, as I said, the, the ignorance. Don't assume that your listeners know the Bible better um, than they do. 1 Corinthians 3, he said, I fed you with milk, not solid food. You're not ready for it, and even now you're not ready. It can be easy for preachers and teachers um, who are always reading and studying to forget how prevalent biblical illiteracy is. Um, excuse me. What surveys show about biblical illiteracy, even among evangelicals, as they're so called in this world, uh, Pew Research, uh, at least in America, is startling. An article in 2010, of course, it's 11 years old, uh, but it still it still rings a bell, and it's probably more true today than it was then. It says most Americans, including scripture-loving evangelicals, cannot make the disciples 
or cannot name the disciples, the Ten Commandments, or the first book of the Bible. Time Magazine observed in a 2007 cover story that only half of U.S. adults could name one of the four Gospels. Now, the people that you teach, <laughs> they will fare better if, if Time Magazine ever calls and asks them to take part in a survey, uh, or at least we'd like to think so. But still, it's probably safe to say that, there, that, that very few people of, of, that, that we teach and that we, we preach to, um, very few, few of them have ever been to a preaching school or Bible college. Very few of them study the Bible in a very in-depth manner. Very few of them own commentaries or dictionaries or, you know, Bible dictionaries or Bible encyclopedia. And so I think it's good to remember this. It's, remember, it's good to remember this as you prepare your class, as your sermons. If you assume that people know the Bible better than they, than they do, you can develop a tendency to skip over explaining things that, that seem elementary. Um, now, this isn't to say that you should speak to your congregation like they're a newly discovered um, you know, tribe on a remote island, and they've never had any exposure to the Bible. You know, this is the B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> uh, I just want to encourage you, be prayerful about what you skip over. Uh, be thoughtful before you decide not to address something that seems very basic to you. Uh, and, and be careful about those things that, that you're thinking about leaving out. I know we only have an, an X amount of time when it comes to preaching and teaching. Uh, and I know that you want to, you've studied and you have so much more to give than what you, what you can. But just be prayerful. Uh, be, be, be prayerful and consider your audience. You know, those truths may be the very truths that some of the people need to have explained or need to be reminded of. And, and going over what seems elementary to you um, can and will benefit the mature believers by way of reminder. 2 Peter 1, 12 through 15. I bring this up to you by way of remembrance. Um, we know that, that Paul said it's if you want to be a good, a good minister, you remind the brethren of these things. And so the, for the sake of the mature believers who already have a, a good grasp of elementary truths of the Christian faith, try to package the truth in, maybe in fresh phrasing um, if you can. Uh, avoid using old, overused, illustrated um, illustrations and, and quote a verse or two that you usually don't quote um, instead of, you know, Romans 3.23. Why don't you try Isaiah 53.6? You know, avoid using old, worn-out cliches um, that, 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 that can turn people's ears off. You know, uh, well, I'm thinking of, um, well, God's... Grace is God's God's riches at Christ's expense, uh, or, or or maybe um, He paid a debt He did not owe because He owed a debt we could not pay. Uh, not not to say that there's something wrong with those things because there's new believers in the pew, uh, hopefully every week or every other week or every month that need to hear things like that. But 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 these are these can be things that are so overused that they fail to deliver you know any punch with people who, who have heard them, you know, a hundred times. So I wanted to remind you of that today. And, and I want to give you some application. I want, I want to give something to you as you consider preaching and teaching verse by verse and you consider your audience and understanding that they may be more ignorant than, than what you think. I want to give you, uh, as you study and prepare, let's ask six big questions. And Acts 17.11 is kind of the key verse for this. 
examining the scriptures daily to see. Uh, that's, that's, really, that's really something that we need to do. In the days of Nehemiah, the Levites, if you remember Nehemiah 8, 8, it says that they read distinctly from the book, the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. That is one of the supreme goals for those who teach God's word to other people, helping people understand the reading. Remember the eunuch, and he had Isaiah 53 in his hand. And he was asked, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how, how can I unless some man guide me? Uh, there, there needs to be a systematic theology. There needs to be. There is one. God has placed it uh, naturally in the Bible. So it's one of our supreme goals for those who teach you know, God's Word, who preach God's Word, helping people understand how might one improve in his ability to help under, others understand the Bible. As you read the Bible and begin to study and to seek out how to know what a passage means, and I, I want to encourage you to do that, but I want to encourage you to view yourself uh, maybe sort of like a newspaper reporter or maybe a private investigator. There are six big questions that need to be asked when considering a text. Number one, who? Who wrote the letter? Who was it written to? Who was involved in the events recorded? So who? Number two, what? What happened? What ideas are expressed? What were the results? Number three, where? Where did the recorded events take place? What is the ge geographical setting? The Bible can come alive in the minds of those that you teach and preach to if you include background, um, a little background even, information on the city or, or geographical setting where, where something took place. And, it, and it, it makes sense as to what was written. And so who, what, where, number four is when. When did the event take place? What is the historical background? Was it in Babylon during exile? Was it during Paul's second missionary journey? Uh, next is why. Why did it happen? Why did Elijah retreat into the wilderness after such a spectacular victory at Mount Carmel? Why did God allow the Babylonians to sack the city of Jerusalem? Is there any purpose or reason it, it, it happened explained? So why? Then number next is how. How were things accomplished? How well? How quickly? By what method? Those are the kind of questions on the minds of our listeners. Hunting down answers to those questions and you know, in, in, integrating them into your teaching and your preaching will help your listeners uh, leave with a much better understanding of the Bible. So, number one, consider teaching verse by verse through whole books of the Bible rather than topically. Number two, um, don't assume your listeners know the Bible uh, better than they do. Number three, ask as you study, as you prepare, the six big questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. Doing these things are going to help us be uh, better students of the Bible. As we look at this book as something to preach and something to teach, we'll look at it differently. I'm searching this not just to imbibe and to dwell in and let this dwell in me richly, but I'm doing this for the sake of education. I want to teach. I want to preach. Just a personal note here at Piedmont Road. Uh, Piedmont Road is a very old congregation. She's an old church. Uh, she's moved. She's endured a lot. And this is the home and the hub of the Georgia School of Preaching. And so I'm on staff with a great number of guys and gals, and, and I have great elders here. And uh, we have a very healthy congregation, a very healthy congregation that has had 
good biblical teaching, good biblical education. I know that I'm sitting in the room, and at, at, a, at a moment's notice, if I was to fall over dead <laughs> with a heart attack, they would drag me out back, and then somebody else would stand in my place and do it justly. So my particular audience is one who is more educated, which requires me to be more educated, which requires me to be uh, more faithful to the Scripture, to put more time into the Scripture. Um, thankfully, I'm at a place where I can stay in my lane. Jake, we just want you to minister in the pulpit. That's all we want you to do. We want you to be effective. And so thankfully, thank God, uh, in His providence has allowed me to be right where I am so that I can focus uh, and not be like some of you. Unfortunately, some of us in the brotherhood, uh, not only are we teachers and preachers, but you're pastors and you're counselors and, uh, you know, you're shepherds. You're, you're these things that you should not be. And uh, the, brethren will, the brethren will do exactly what you will do. They will, they will allow whatever you will and uh, for, for some places and some of you. So um, one, of the, um, one of the things that I heard um, growing up, especially from Steve McCaslin, as I said last week, don't allow, don't allow the brethren to take your study time. There can be great, good things that can happen and go on that you could be a part of, but if, it, but if it takes away your study time, have nothing to do with it. Your job is to minister, to herald, to proclaim, to declare, all those things. Don't allow things to get in your way. Study the Scriptures. Preach uh, verse by verse. Preach through something expositionally. Uh, get down and get deep and um, get all the dirt out of the brotherhood lives. May God be with you in your teaching and your preaching of his word.